It is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And the last day of January, you know what happens when we get to Thursday. We're two weeks away. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, when I got to Twins Fest last weekend, that's what everyone kept saying. Baseball season is here. Uh, once January hits... When and you're a and you're a baseball player, the off season flies by and it's basically over. Even though you still have that month, man, January goes quick. So I'm excited. The baseball season is here. I know a lot of people are still caught up on football, which we got one more game left. But dude, spring training, we still got some free agents to come. Like there's mm-hmm. still a lot of stuff going on. We got some huge news to talk about today. I'm in a good yeah. mood with baseball right now. You should be. You should be. And yeah. we'll start. We rarely start with ownership deals, but I think this one is somewhat important. The Angelos family is reportedly selling the Orioles to a pair of billionaires, David Rubenstein and Mike Arogetti. And Mike, I apologize if I mispronounced your last name, but I will get it right when it really counts. Uh, reportedly, it's going to be in the $1.7 billion range. That's what they're valued at, supposedly. How big a deal is this for Baltimore on the baseball side of things? You know, I'm not going to sit here and 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 pretend that I know all the inner workings of what goes on in the Baltimore ownership. I know what I read. I know what fans say. And, you know, a lot of people were not happy, uh, specifically with John Angelos over the last couple of years. I mean, there's some, definitely some, some instances where he might have overstepped, but he did own the dang team. So you kind of can do whatever you want at that point. I think what it means is is uh, uh, when you have an ownership coming in, first of all, we don't know anything really about these guys and what kind of owners they're going to be. So mm-hmm. we have to kind of pause on that. But I do think if you do buy a team and you do have a, a young group of players like this that you like, I think Baltimore fans can feel pretty good about locking these dudes up. This core group that you're bringing up, I think there's a better chance that they stay together with a new ownership rather than with the Angelos family. So I think that's something to get excited about. Um, you know, they're not leaving Baltimore. They shouldn't leave Baltimore ever. So I think that's another thing you can get excited about. But, you know, it's a still a wait-and-see game to me on on what we got here. I, I don't think I can rush to a judgment on anybody. I think my main takeaway, though, was we're going to get these young guys locked up, and I bet it happens sooner than later. So, yeah, we don't know a thing about these guys. So we're not going to know their spending patterns. We don't know how meddling they could be, uh, whether that's in a good or a bad way. Like Jim Crane down in Houston is one of the guys who is involved in like day-to-day baseball decisions, and he has done nothing short of a phenomenal job down there. But I will say this. There is no way in the world that these two could be worse than John Angelos, who has butchered everything at every corner. I mean, you talk about a guy, we joke around where you're born on third base. No, no, no. He had hit an inside-the-park home run. Well, he didn't even swing the bat for himself. Mm. He ended up back at home in this whole deal. I know that once Peter Angelos became too old and too ill to run the team, and he didn't do a great job at all over the last couple decades, that somebody was taking ownership of this, and it was this son, and he was constantly in a battle with his brother and the rest of the family. And even some of the things that he's come out and said over the last several months, like, well, if you want to keep these young players in Baltimore, I'm going to massively have to raise ticket prices. 
Are you kidding me? Based on all the shit this fan base has been through over the last two decades, and they're excited about their 100-win team, something they hadn't seen since 1980, and that's the verbiage you come out with? That's the leadership you show as an owner? It, I don't care what these two guys do. They could end up being like the 29th best owners out of 30, and they're still going to be better than John Angelos. So I think the fan base has something to be excited about there. Let me ask you this. They don't have control of the team yet. They're waiting until no. Peter Angelos passes away. You know, yes. he's in he's in his lower 90s, so 94. we don't know. Okay, mid-90s. Don't know when that's exactly going to happen. What's to stop the Angelos family from saying, you know what, guys, who wants to get paid? You get paid. You get paid. Hey, you get paid. Thank you, What's Oprah. to stop them now? Not only what's to stop them, their legacy is shit in that town. Not, it's not what's to stop them. It's why wouldn't they? Why kind wouldn't of, you yeah. leave that as a parting gift? And that's why, to me, I would be excited if I were an Orioles fan, right? I would go up to Gunnar Henderson and say, hey, guess what? Here's a, like 90, a here's a $90 million <laughs> deal. You know what else I would think about? I would seriously think about backloading a contract for Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. Wow. Backload, backload, backload. Yeah, dude, you're I, totally I, right, man. I mean... Why wouldn't you do that if you're Angelos, unless you are so numb to what people are saying about you and your family? I mean, there's no way that John Angelos can't know about the no, way the they public know. feels about him. They know for sure. Do they care? Not sure. I think mm. the only thing that would stop them from just going out and saying psh, 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 would be the fact that the deal might fall through because of it. I guarantee there's some stipulation where in writing... We mm -hmm. need to agree to some things, specifically contracts past 2026 or something like that. Sure. So I, we can't just go guns a blazing, but I think there probably would be some discussion. Like, does a new ownership want to wait? Like, I, I, I feel like new ownership would say, do it now. Like, let's not wait because the longer we wait, the more it's going to cost us. Yes, and once again, which is why I threw the term backload a contract out there and maybe new ownership. I mean, once again, they've, they've got 40% of the team is what the way the report is, and then they will take over the controlling interest whenever Peter Angelos does pass away. But we'll see. I think this is a really, really good day for Orioles fans. I'm excited for you based on what has happened over the last few years. Um, you, you should feel great about your baseball team. I think you know that you need to add a little bit more to the starting pitching, even though the starting pitching kind of grew up in front of our eyes. We a year said ago. that all last year, Ciro's. I know. And guess what? When it when it came time to pay the piper in October, what happened? Sure, but we we missed on Grayson Rodriguez. He came back up and was exceptional. So possibly there's some more in the tank there. Farm system. I know, but wouldn't you want a guy in Jordan Montgomery who's done it in the postseason or a guy yes. in Blake Snell who's won a Cy Young in each league? Yes. Wouldn't you yes, think I that would. would help? Yes, I would. I would. I do think that would help. I don't think it, it doesn't mean that you have to go to the nearest luxury store and buy every high ticket item, but I do think that it means that perhaps, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think overall, good day, O's. Good day. As for the team that knocked the Orioles and everybody else out of the postseason uh, last year, they got some not great news on Tuesday as Rangers shortstop Corey Seager. He's expected to miss much of spring training, maybe opening day. He just had hernia surgery. Now, the champs have had a rather quiet offseason. Uh, Seager joins a laundry list of studs that are coming back from surgery. How worried are you about the champs? 
I mean, I'm not too worried because Seager seems like he's going to be okay. It's sports hernia surgery. They're calling for opening day starts. The only thing I'd worry about him was just getting right back into, you know, seeing major league pitching with out of spring training. Usually there's a little bit of an adjustment period, but this guy's so dang good that I don't think it matters. I'm not worried about Corey Seager whatsoever. You know, about those other guys coming back, Scherzer's going to be out till July. DeGrom is still out. They didn't really have those guys last year anyway at the beginning of the season. So it's, to me, for them, it's all about where they're at at the end of the year. Well, September into October, then we can really kind of make a call because they're, they're a good enough team where I think they're going to be in contention for sure. I do look at the pitching staff right now and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there is, is a move coming or if they think they need to make a move. Cause it seems to me like they do. So I'd be a little bit worried about that. But as far as like this news and the Scherzer DeGrom stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm not really overly worried about that. The World Series hangover is probably a little bit more of a, mm. a problem for them. I mean, we've seen that time and time again with teams, man. It's just it's a lot of extra baseball that you have to play. Your body doesn't recover as well. Your offseason is shorter. Uh, but overall, worry scale on a Texas Rangers at 10, 2, 3. Mm. Very low. Very low. Well, well, let's start with this. Uh, Chris Young, who's the architect of this team, said his concern yeah. on Seager is not very high. Quote, not very high. So that's a good thing. The other thing is, Seager apparently was injured last year during the playoffs. His slash line in 17 playoff games was 318, 451, 682. I don't know why the Oops. heck he got this thing fixed. Be honest with you. If you're going to go play like that all year, I'm good with it. Um, you mentioned Scherzer, DeGrom. Uh, Molly is another guy that they signed who is coming back from surgery and could help them at midseason. The only guys they picked up uh, were a couple of bullpen arms and David Robertson most recently. Kirby Yates is a guy that, if he's healthy, might be able to help them out. But let's remember, you talked about it's more important where they finish than where they start. They got off to such a good start for the first four, four and a half months of the season that they could afford to kind of fall apart down the stretch, which at times is what happened. They finished at 90-72, and 72, which was the same record as Houston. Houston won the tiebreaker. That's why they took the division. But people may have forgotten they only finished two games ahead of Seattle, which didn't even make the playoffs last year. So they were the Rangers, even though they're champs, were really this close to not participating in meaningful October baseball. So they can't afford to fall too far behind. And we're going to talk about Seattle and the trade they just pulled off. I think Seattle's better than last year. I'll give you my answer in a minute. I believe that Houston is. And now you're dealing with all those monsters in the AL East. We'll see how that plays out. I don't think they have to worry about a second team in contention in the American League Central, but you never know. So it's just, I think you have to be careful for a team that didn't make a ton of moves in the offseason. Yeah, but the recipe is always just a bang. Just out, like they're going to score more runs than you. And, and they have that same lineup coming back, plus a full year of Evan Carter. White Langford is, is you know, knocking on the door. So I think... If your uh, if your team motto is out slug the other team, I'm still looking at the Texas Rangers being like, okay, uh, the team that you know in the rankings last year finished third in OPS, third in homers, third in runs. I like their chances. Okay. The pitching is the pitching. You know, most teams scare me with their pitching. I don't think <laughs> I would say a majority of teams don't have enough pitching. I'll, I'll I'll lump Texas into that. And I do think the Chris Young 
has the advantage, although you never know how guys in their mid to late 30s, and we're talking about DeGrom and Scherzer, will respond to yet another surgery, another ailment. But he can already look at those as trade deadline sure. acquisitions, I suppose. Sure. I, I think it'll be fascinating. I really like the three-way way race, in my opinion, that we're going to have there in the, in the American League West. Uh, you've heard me talk about this company many, many times here on Baseball Today. Factors. It's ready-to-eat meals, making eating better each and every day. So wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are delivered right to your door. Here's the thing I love about it. Whatever meal plan you're on these days, which means, well, I can eat whatever the heck I want, or I'm keto, I'm calorie smart, I'm vegan, I'm veggie. They've got over 35 different options a week to choose from. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what in the world are you waiting for? I got to tell you, uh, the middle of the day is always trouble time for me, right? I open the fridge, I look, I'm like, Jesus, I, I didn't go grocery shopping. I don't have anything to eat. And then I just start snacking, snacking, snacking. Why are all these Girl Scout cookies on my freaking table? I don't start with the whole Girl Scout cookie thing. Okay, we're not going to do that right oh, now. In the oh, middle sorry, of it. sorry. Yeah, but the point is, you're 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 kind of right. Like I like to snack instead of eat meals, but when I do my factors order, I am all taken care of. And the nice thing is, you can choose six to eighteen meals per week. It means you're cutting down on the time you spend in the grocery store, right? If you're a family person, you're busy with work, you're busy with kids, and you're like, oh my god, we haven't gone food. Let them take care of you. So head on over to factormeals.com slash today50. Use that code today50. Why? You're going to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That is the code today50 at factormeals.com slash today50. You're going to get 50% off your first box, two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Go enjoy. Uh, another team that was active this offseason, the Seattle Mariners, certainly via the trade front, with your Minnesota Twins, a four-for-one deal the other day. Jorge Polanco to Seattle for two major league pitchers and Anthony DeScalfani, Justin Tapa, and a pair of prospects, Gabriel Gonzalez, who's a top 100 outfielder, and Darren Bowen. Is this the difference-making deal that now pushes the Mariners into the thick of the playoff chase? I honestly think they were already there. Uh, they've made some interesting moves in the offseason. I, I do like Jorge going there because, you know, I've seen this guy at the plate a lot. He's a very consistent hitter. He's going to give you a really good at, at bat. You have the switch hitting, you know, possibilities there. Um, quiet guy goes about his business. And they were abysmal at second base last year. So now you get a big uh -huh. upgrade there. Um, then I think, like, well, you gave away Eugenio Suarez. So you lost some offense there. I know you were trying to get rid of the strikeouts and all that, but you know, Eugenio's got a career 788 OPS. Like this is a guy that's pretty dang good big league hitter. So I don't know if this pushes them like into a ne the next level of like playoff contention. I feel like they're still kind of at the same spot, which is a playoff contender. Um, but I I do like the deal, and I, I actually do like it for both sides. He had to get out of Minnesota last year of the deal. Eddie Julian. Seemingly coming over to take over the second baseman spot. Um, I don't know all the guys. Obviously, Descofani, you've seen him pitch. He'll be kind of like in the running for a fifth starter type guy for the Twins. They need some depth back there. Yeah. Uh, Topa, though, 
Saw him pitch last year. Uh, nasty. I think he's going to work really well. This, the Twins all of a sudden have maybe one of the better bullpens in all of baseball. Um, so that's just another addition to the back end of their bullpen. So I guess to answer your question about the Mariners, I, I, I don't think it pushes them into another tier, but I do think that having Jorge Polanco makes your lineup better 100%. I just don't think it, it, it pushes them into some, like, I don't think this makes them better than the Astros. Um, and the Rangers offense is still going to be better than theirs. But when I'm looking at what they are going to put out there every single day, it's a lineup that I can definitely get behind. So I've always liked Jorge Polanco. I think that he's an interesting player, pop from both sides of the dish, which is really good. Here's the thing, though. I actually like this deal better for your twins than I do for the Mariners. Now, they could pick up Polanco's option and make it, you know, two years, but you're getting rid of four guys, plus you're giving money to Minnesota, and you're bringing in a guy who has had... Polanco has another option after this? There's an Yeah, there's an option after this year. <sighs> yeah. It's so, a lot of options. So, well, it's so it's this year, yeah, and then it's an option after that, I believe. And so they could get two years out of this without having to do anything contractually. He's going to be 31 in July, and he's had a lot of health issues the last two years, right? Ankle, hamstring injuries a year ago. Once you start getting those lower extremity problems past 30, those things can compound a little bit. You've heard of guys that just struggle with that sort of stuff. He cannot be a guy that plays 100 games for them and be a difference maker. That's not going to cut it. And that's basically what he's been in Minnesota the last two years. Now, when if he's healthy, and what I mean by that is he's playing 150 games, he can be a guy that has 55 to 60 ex- extra base hits. And that is a difference maker. So that's the thing that worries me. Plus, I thought Seattle was trying to revamp their lineup to the point where they're not bringing in strikeout guys. This guy, I think he played 80 games last year and had 88 strikeouts. So what are we doing? Like You keep saying you want to cut down on the strikeouts, but you're bringing in a guy. I get it. He's got pop in your middle infield. But what are we doing here? Isn't that what they said? Yeah, but you know that last year was the highest strikeout percentage of his career. Prior to that, he'd been lower than league average strikeout percentage. So you know it could be a result of some injuries. You know, not feeling totally himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that 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 one's iffy there. If it's if he's going to continue with you know the twenty five percent mark, if he's going to get down to where he averages right around like eighteen percent, that's that's the big difference. Got it. Um, just real quickly on your twins, I think this is a really really smart move now. As a Guardians fan, Polanco used to crush us. He just did. So I'm going to be happy to not have to see him except for two series a year instead of four or whatever you play now. Um, I'm curious like to see who plays first base for Minnesota because they got a couple of guys that are coming off surgeries. But the rest of their middle infield, they've got so many guys. It's like they had they to move still somebody. Have a lot of, they still they have, still, have a lot of position players there. I still think there's more trades to come. I, I think too. Alex Kirilov will settle in at first base. I think Eddie Julian, and I'm not going to say the name who I like told him at Twins Fest I compare him to because it's it's too lofty. It's like not even fair to him. Mm. I I'm telling people right now this guy is a perennial like all star type hitter, batting like he, champion in the making. He just hits. I'm not a batting champion. He just hits. He doesn't mm. he doesn't get fooled very often. Like. I like this guy a lot. So that they had to make room for him. Essentially. Okay. I get it. I get it. 
Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are making room for Justin Turner. He gets a one-year, $13 million deal. He's going to play some of the corners, but is expected to be Toronto's primary DH. Uh, does this signing mean more in terms of on-field production or locker room leadership? Both, 100%. Uh, JT, you know, still was oh, the 114 way runs created plus last year. Um, like, still put together a very solid season. I think 23 homers, like had the extra base hits going. Still a very productive hitter. Um, he's 39 years old. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. I didn't listen to you. Sometimes I just drown you out. Yeah, I, I, um, most people do. Yeah, uh, I, I think on field, we're going to see him DH most of the time. And I think he's going to put up productive at bats. He is, you know, one of those guys that was, you know, at the forefront of the swing revolution, understands the biomechanics, understands, you know, how to hit at the big league level. This guy can do it. So I, I do like him in that role. And then what I also like, which I didn't think about until you re asked me this question that Toronto team wants to win. They've been talking about winning for a long time. Justin Turner's known basically nothing but winning since he's been in the big leagues. He got over to the Dodgers, went off, and now he's been in the thick of every single postseason for the last, you know, 10 years. So I think there's a quality there that you can't just find anywhere. He's going to understand and talk to these guys. Hey, it's August. This is what you need to be doing with your body. It's September. This is what you need to be doing with your body because you want to be going full force when it comes to that playoff push and into the playoffs he's a guy that can help them do that a lot of these guys haven't necessarily done it a lot before so i think it's definitely both he's one of the if you ask around the league who's one of the better clubhouse leaders in the league justin turner is going to be you know a top five guy so i think it's a great signing by them i'm curious like how much he's going to play third base i don't think it's going to be a lot i think he's going to mainly dh but you never know, man. I'm telling you, we could end up seeing that guy at third base, too. Yeah, and that listen, defensively, and he'll probably be the first one to tell you, that's uh, quite great. a drop-off from, well, and it's who he's replacing, right? You go from Matt Chapman, yeah. who's one of the badasses that we've seen at the hot corner in the last 30 years, to a guy who's almost 40. I mean, Justin Turner could play a good third base for a long time, but over the last couple of years, he's 39. We get it. So he's brought in there to swing the stick. You want to start with that part of the equation. I saw this tweet from Scott Blue Jays Always. Oh, baby. He said that Justin Turner would have ranked on the 2023 Blue Jays, second in homers, first in ribs, second in batting average, second in doubles, tied for first in on base, second in slug, and second in OPS. I imagine that's among the regulars there. So, yes, he can still produce. More importantly, here's what Bo Bichette said last week on a Toronto radio station. He said, at the end of the day with our team, there's no doubt in my mind we have everything we need to win. It comes down to everybody living up to their potential. I haven't done what I'm capable of doing. This team hasn't done what it's capable of doing. There's another level of professionalism, discipline, and consistency we need to get to. I believe if we do that, we have everything we need now. There's one of the guys who's the faces of your franchise that said there's another level of professionalism, discipline, and consistency we need to get to. You add up those three words, that means we didn't have the leadership we needed. Yeah, I think that was obvious. I think that was obvious, you know, and and like I mentioned before, I don't know if there's a, really anyone better to bring than Justin. Mm -hmm. He is a model of consistency. He is a guy that, again, 
he played in LA with a lot of superstars and he was always one of the leaders. I don't know if he's overrated or underrated at this point. Like I, I, I still probably hmm. think he's underrated. I, don't, I think people in LA give him his due, but maybe not around uh, on a national level. Like this guy, just go check all the stats, man. Very consistent. And the fact that he, another leadership quality that he has. I know we're just kind of throwing roses at him right now. Look at the beginning of his career and what he had to do and where he was and, and getting released and and having to overhaul Twice. his swing and then becoming like literally like maybe not a statue guy in LA because those are, you know, yeah. I think right now it's Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax, but he's one of the biggest players in Dodger history. Yeah. As far as moments and consistency, like, so he's got a great story. He's got all the experience in the world. I think it's great for the Blue Jays. Uh, it, that's one thing I feel. I, the minute I uh, saw that he was signing with the Blue Jays, first thing I did was check their schedule to see if they were going to be in L.A. Because when he played for Boston last year, the Dodgers went to Fenway. Same thing this time around, unfortunately. Uh, he doesn't get to go back to Dodger Stadium and tip his cap, which I thought would be really a great moment. If so you he want hasn't a little been, he bit, hasn't been back yet, huh? No. If you want a little bit of perspective about what Justin Turner means to a clubhouse, uh, Chris Cotillo, um, his column on Mass Live, details his leadership a season ago, the injuries he played through, and why he did it for a team that was out of the playoff chase. It was it was fascinating and kind of eye-opening. So make sure you do that. Uh, we continue on, and I, I want to tell you a little bit about a new product here on the show. It's Mando. It's from the makers of Loom Deodorant. You ever have those days where you haven't had time, you don't have time to go back and get a shower and clean up, and you're in the middle of a day where you've been running around doing stuff, and you're like, like, man, I need to freshen up a little bit. Well, Mando is whole body deodorant. It's an all-terrain vehicle of deodorant because it goes anywhere. You can put it on your pits, I get it, but other parts, your feet, your skin folds, your back, your knees, even your package. Because body odor happens all over your body. So that doesn't mean you just got to do this and all of a sudden you're good. Because you'll be walking past somebody and they'll be like, you smell something? You're going to be like, nah, no, not me. And then all of a sudden you're like, damn, that's me. I should have used my Mando. It is powerful. It is clinically proven to control body odor everywhere over a 72-hour span. But it's gentle enough for your sensitive bits. Well, there's a special offer. New customers are going to get 5 bucks off a starter pack with our exclusive code and link. So use the code today at shopmando.com. Once again, this is whole body. It takes control of odor for up to 72 hours. So if for whatever reason you can't get into a shower over three days, let Mando take care of you. The starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash, deodorant wipes, and free shipping. And as a special offer for our listeners, new customers get five bucks off a Mando starter pack with the code today at shopmando.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack. When you visit shopmando.com, use the code today. Do it. You will thank us later. And you'll say, I will be back for more because they're going to take care of you. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, one more Toronto note. Vlad Jr. is the cover for MLB The Show. And if you read social media, he's been getting bashed left and right. Do you understand the hate for this selection? I don't really understand the hate. I don't know if Vlad's the guy that I would have chosen uh, for the cover. I kind of went back and looked at the past, uh, you know, cover mm -hmm. uh, athletes. 
there's some interesting choices uh, that have been there. We got one. I didn't know that. Joe Maurer went back to back. Uh, if I if I had the choice this year, I would have went Ronald Acuna Jr. I think a lot of kids love him. Obviously, coming off an incredible year, we won the MVP. Um, Shohei did it the year before, so you don't want to double up there. Vladdy, look, Vladdy appeals to a lot of a, a lot of people. He's definitely a guy that the young kids look up to. Um, he's got the nation of Canada behind him as well. I think he's a, a a household name enough in the baseball world where it works. But for my money, I would have went with Ronald Acuna Jr. Except that I don't believe he could be on the cover because he was on the cover of another game within the last three years. And I think is that, that what was, it is. Okay. I think that was the sticking point. So yes, Acuna would have made perfect sense. Uh, so I don't okay. know all the ins and outs of be, being a, you know, the poster boy of MLB the show. I just don't. Um, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Folks, it's not a question of who's the best player. It's who's going to sell the game the most. Yes. And you have yes. to remember that if you are already a fan of MLB the show and you love it and you play it and you're going to download it and have the whole thing, you don't care. You don't care who's on it. No. You don't care. You're gonna you're they they already got you. So you're there. So the question is, is there somebody we can put on the cover that's gonna make us sell the item a little bit more? I think the Canadian aspect is is perhaps appealing. I don't know what the video game numbers are like uh internationally, north of the border. I don't I don't know all that stuff. Could they have gone somewhere else? Yes. But when I see people now doing the side by side. Here's the average. Here's the home runs. Here's the war. And you compare them to whatever you're. That's not the. That's not what happens here. Stop. D let's not do that. Save yourself some energy. Don't don't sit here. Think uh, think as though you're a marketing person and what can sell the most. Once again, I don't know all the stipulations. Like, why couldn't Mookie Betts have been on there? Could you have done Shohei in a Dodgers outfit? Like, that's where I would have gone. But I'm sure there's rules. And th yes. I got a new one because you yeah. told me I couldn't do a Ronald Acuna Jr. That's fine. I understand there's all the legal speak and jargon that goes on there. What about Yamamoto? Like teams are trying to capture the Japanese market. That's what they're trying to do. I know he hasn't thrown a pitch in the big leagues, but guess what? The Dodgers just paid him like he's thrown a lot of pitches in the big leagues. So why can't he be on the cover of MLB The Show? That's my new answer. That's Yamamoto. not bad. I mean, let's be honest here. And I hate to do this. There's not that many guys that will have appeal outside of the hardcore baseball fans. I That's just talked sad. to my buddy about this yesterday. He's like, man, like people can't name baseball players anymore. Like they need to get more access. We need to get more, you know, shows about them, which we we're talking about a little bit. See, there's a little behind the scenes yeah. right there. Well, you. but in fairness, like if you were to do the NBA, there's only 10 guys you'd put on. Like Shea's a great player. He plays for Oklahoma City. He's not going to sell. Don't know who that is. NBA. Really? Shea? He's he's maybe the best shooting guard in the league. No? I'm not, a, I'm not an NBA guy. Okay. But uh, my point is, is that he plays for Oklahoma City, and you're not going to put him on the cover. Great player. Phenomenal player. And a good young team. You're not going to put him on the cover. It's just not going to sell. And so with baseball, it really it goes back to like the same five or six names, right? Otani, Harper, Judge, Betts. Could you have gone Soto in a Yankee uniform this time? Could have, but shit, we haven't seen him in one because he had to do his freaking press conference on Zoom instead of in person. You know what? For all the crap that baseball gets, if you just took this, uh, uh, you know, a poll of Americans right now, 
Mm-hmm. I think most people could only name four or five people per league, even the NFL. Mm-mm. Under. Sure, sure. So like as as popular as the NFL is and and how many people play fantasy football, I still think there's just so much going on. Our attention gets taken this way, this way, this way, mm-hmm. this way, this way, this way. So many different ways that we're at the point now where nobody's nobody's knowing more than 10 names in a league. Besides sickos like you and I. Okay. You yeah. can name every single athlete on the earth right now. Not true. In football, I can name a lot. In baseball, I can name a lot. But that's about it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, our time gets divided up into different ways. One other the note. The world is going somewhere we don't want it to go. Ken Rosenthal is reporting that Wandy Peralta, in agreement with the Padres, four years, $16.5 million deal with three opt-outs. Good move by the Padres. Get a lefty in there. You kind of lost a pretty big lefty in your bullpen. Okay. Um, yeah, good good move by them. Um, we are down the rest of the week unless there's something monumental. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, and then we'll hop on and do something fun. Uh, but we will be back next week, and I think next week we're going to try and go live. We're just working out a few little bugs, and hopefully we will see you on our JM Baseball channel, the YouTube side of things. You'll be in the chat. You'll be able to yell and scream at us and have a ton of fun, and we hey, can't yo. wait for that. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.